Welcome to the Global Venturing Review Podcast. My name is James Mawson, founder and editor-in-chief of our Global Corporate Venturing, Global University Venturing and Global Impact Venturing Publications. So it's a great pleasure to be here once again this week. Unfortunately, it's just me this week as Thierry Hellis is busy covering from Rob Levine in terms of as news editor also for Global Corporate Venturing as well as uh, picking up his regular beat as editor on Global University Venturing. So I'll get cracking on with just some of the news and congratulations first of all goes to Mike Kavanagh over at Comcast for taking up the reins of its Ventures unit after Amy Bance's decision to retire next year. My thanks goes to Amy for her support to the community over the past decade as head of Comcast Ventures and glad she's staying engaged through Comcast to deliver on sustainability, gender equality and mentorship as a senior advisor to the executive board. Comcast News also followed that of Saf Yaboa Amakwa, who's moved from McKinsey to lead Intel Capital as corporate venturing units widely planned for the future. Saf will be, in effect, chief strategy officer and in charge of Intel Capital after Wendell Brooks's departure earlier in the summer. And you can hear more from this unprecedented sum of upheaval at the top of corporate venturing units at Tuesday's gcvdigitalforum.com on the 29th. We published our GCV Powerlist 100, top 100 firms, earlier in the month. And it'd be great to catch up with those leaders. We'll have more than 500 corporate venturing executives with about $3 trillion of aggregate annual revenue at that forum. So you'll be welcome there. And my thanks also goes to Ken Gatz, CEO at Deal Management Software Platform Proceeder, for running the past two days, or last week's, on the 22nd, 23rd's pitch events, covering sustainability and mobility on the 22nd, and financial and deep technology on the 23rd. The GCV Connect, powered by Proceeder Platform, reviewed the applications of more than 180 entrepreneurs in those sectors, thanks to the expert corporate venturing judges and then showcase the finalists with the recordings to be edited and showreeled at the Digital Forum, also on the 29th. But just taking fintech as a sector in upheaval across a whole range from banking to insurance and the payments and infrastructure systems that underpin it, it's worth picking out one of the deals over the recent times, which is Canada-based Fairfax Financial along with private equity group Blackstone backing with $500 million, a commercial insurance spin-out key from UK-based Brit Insurance, according to Insurance Insider. Key, or KI, uses an algorithm designed by the University College London on a platform from in collaboration with Google Cloud. And there are plenty of other big rounds in the fintech sector we've noticed over the past few weeks, months, from Clara to Molly to Robinhood and Chime happening, as well as large exits including played earlier in the year. However, the trade sales continue was subject to a debate called Cross-Border Corporate Venture Capital Investment in Fintech, hosted by Jonathan Cardenas, Jose Maria Ciotta of IEZ Business School, Paul Chen of Mayer Brown, Robin Iben of Osborne Clark in Germany, and Christel Hupfeld Moreno of Gunderson Dittmar, the ABA Business Law Section's 2020 virtual annual meeting this past week. And the debate will continue at the Digit Forum with Alex McCracken at Silicon Valley Bank, leading a roundtable on Fintech, so do get your questions ready for that. At the earlier pitch session on sustainability, there were some useful lessons when looking back at climate change and limiting or reversing carbon dioxide in the atmosphere to the first global initiative to tackle similar concerns over the ozone layer holes caused by CFCs. Then, as now, scientists had to identify the issue before global pressure for change increased 
as the implications of a world with higher radiation levels on the ground came clear. But without a viable alternative coolant for refrigerators or air conditioners, political and social demands had limited traction. The necessity was the mother invention for fridges, and so it is proven for CO2. CMEX, a Mexico-based cement mixer, said through CMEX Ventures' corporate venture capital unit, it agreed with Carbon Clean, a UK-based provider of low-cost modular carbon dioxide capture and separation technology, to find a solution for the cement industry below the line of $30 per tonne cost of CO2 captured. Gonzalo Galido, a head of CMEX Ventures, said, quote, Accomplishing CO2 capture at an industrial scale and affordable cost is one of the biggest challenges that CMEX is facing in its road to deliver net zero CO2 concrete products globally by 2050, end quote. Anuruddha Sharma, CEO of Carbon Clean, a UK-based company, which is backed by a host of corporate venture news following a $22 million round in July, added, quote, We are confident that this partnership and the operating experience of CMEX will help us bring down the cost of carbon capture to just $30 per tonne of CO2 captured by 2021, which will help accelerate take-up of the technology across the cement industry and beyond. End quote. Sharma is talking at next week's GCV Digital Forum and will be followed by a series of emerging sustainability entrepreneurs that are presented to the corporate venture and judges in front of Kengat's proceeder. And other corporations are rapidly following with their own carbon capture strategies with Royal Major Exxon Mobil and Global Thermostat expanding their joint development agreement to capture CO2 directly from the air. Global Thermostat CO2 capture uses proprietary amine-based absorbents to remove CO2 from the air, which can then be stored underground or used to make chemicals, consume products or construction materials. But scaling up often requires national support. Norway will finance a $1.8 billion after an estimated $2.5 billion for the world's first full-scale carbon capture and storage project covering a cement factory and waste incineration plant for around 400,000 tonnes of CO2 emissions in total, stored under sea by a joint venture between all majors Equinor, Shell and Total. Norwegian Minister of Petroleum and Energy Tina Bru said via offshore engineering, quote, Building bit by bit in collaboration with the industry has been important for us in order to be confident that the project is feasible. We will cut emissions, not progress. End quote. Other big stories from the past week that's caught the eye. We've seen Sweden-listed investment holding company Kinevik's history as one of pivots from its initial switch from pulp and paper into telecoms and media in Sweden in the 1990s and then into online companies such as Avito, Rocket Internet and Zolando in 2010. Now comes the push into privately held startups as it sells its 2 billion stake in telecoms asset Tele2. Quote, Thanks to this pandemic, the accelerated digital behaviour has really helped the speed of that transformation. All of a sudden, these investments become less risky than traditional industry, said Georgi Ganev, CEO of Kinevik, to the Financial Times. Japan-listed peer SoftBank has been doing the same, having recently sold the final telecoms asset it owns, called Brightstar, this month to increase its focus on public and private growth stocks. But is Kinevik's move really corporate venture in some ask? Some traditionalists argue it is just tourism. They say it is asset management for financial returns with little consideration of the strategic implications. Maybe. But for now, the disruption caused by COVID-19 has accelerated digitalization and technology patterns from years to months. And the established tech companies such as Microsoft, Alphabet and Apple in the US to ByteDance, Alibaba and Tencent in China and investors from Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust to Fidelity, BlackRock and indeed Kinvet. Strong in private investments have benefits and have the cash to invest further. 
Mark, it might be frothy as a result and see our discussion in last week's podcast. But as the Washington Post noted last month, for these companies such as industrials and able to point credibly to a growth strategy in this area of digitalization and technology investment are under poor performance. And few things seem more strategic than that to CEOs. And then finally, just a quick reference to our September issue of Global Corporate Venture, which is now out. Subscribers can download it at www.globalcorporateventuring.com or access the individual f- features after logging onto the website. So, on to the news and briefs. First up, exits. Roche has paid $448 million to buy Inflamazamone, the Novartis-backed developer of treatments for chronic inflammatory conditions ranging from Alzheimer's and Parkinson's diseases, hepatitis B, Crohn's disease, and many others. Inflazone was spun out of University of Queensland in Australia just four years ago, and also commercialises research from Trinity College Dublin in Ireland. Carlisle Group has screened Trinex X for acquisition. Trinex has raised $102 million and funded from investors including Merck & Co, Mitsui, Itutu before agreeing to a purchase by Mark Carlisle. And you may have all but forgotten about WeWork, the beleaguered co-working space provider. Its share in an office with strangers is hardly appealing. Yet Trustbridge seems confident there is money to be made still and has acquired a majority stake in WeWork China for $200 million. Not only had WeWork China raised $1 billion from investors, including SoftBank and Sufficient Fund, but it was also once valued at $5 billion. The source told TechCrunch Levs had already started and many things remained uncertain. So we'll see how this one pans out. And even if you don't have drive an electric car, you may have crossed the term range anxiety and fear that the battery's charge will not last all the way to the driver's destination. It's often considered a significant barrier to large-scale adoption of electric vehicles. So seeing ChargePoint, which operates an international charging network, agree to reverse merger with a SPAC or special purpose acquisition company called Switchback Energy Acquisition could only be good news. The deal values ChargePoint to 2.4 billion and will close in Q4, netting the company 683 million in fresh funding. And speaking of the transportation sector, Ninebot, best known for its Segway brand, is looking to go public through a $295 million IPO on Shanghai star market. The Xiaomi and Intel-backed company's move is intriguing, not for its target size, but to use Chinese depository receipts. Our IPOs, Minicio is to go big on the New York Stock Exchange. The 10 cent back low-cost retailer has put a 100 million placeholder figure in its filing for the IPO. Compass Pathways, a UK-based depression medicine developer backed by pharmaceutical group Otsuko Pharmaceuticals McCade Centre for Strategic Research and Development has gone public and an upsized IPO worth more than $127 million on Friday. It uses a synthetic version of psilocybin, a psychedelic compound and magic mushrooms to treat mental health disorders. And if you were looking forward to whatever blockbuster terms Grail is looking for for its IPO when it first filed for a $100 million placeholder amount, you'll be disappointed. The $8 billion put down by Illumina to acquire the cancer diagnosis spin-off it uh, set up a few years ago is impressive in its own right, considering, particularly considering Grail raised just under $2 billion. Speaking of other Chinese deals, Zonggu Logistics, a container logistics service backed by line operator Zonggu Shipping and Telecommunications Group, SoftBank, is targeting a $218 million IPO. 
and Athera has attained 204 million in its IPO. Washington State University neurological drug developer gone public after issuing 12 million shares. So congratulations to all those. On to the deals front. News continues coming in at a rapid pace. So poor old Thierry, I feel for him this past week. Proven at the summer level, however much there was to run, considering the flurry of IPOs, filings as discussed in previous issues, is well and truly over. If you live in the West, you'd be forgiven for thinking Tesla is the only real contender in the electric vehicle space, but there are other noteworthy companies in the East. One of these is WM Motor, which has picked up $1.47 billion in the Series D round, backed by SAIC Motor, adding to about $1.8 billion in previous funding. And there's no stopping Robin Hood, the US-based share trading app developer backed by Alphabet and Rock Nation, has now pushed its Series G round to $660 million thanks to a $460 million extension provided by D1 Capital, Andreessen Horowitz, Sequoia, DSD, Ribbit and Nine Yards. Challenger Bank Chime, meanwhile, has become the most valuable American fintech aimed at retail consumers after raising $485 million in the Series F round that pushed its valuation to $14.5 billion. Big chunk more than Robinhood, which had a 11.2 billion valuation in its most recent round. Munich Re has returned for a 250 million dollar Series D round raised by online insurance platform Next Insurance, while Capital G actually led the round. Apple Silicon in iPhones and iPads is notable because the chips managed to squeeze an astounding amount of processing power out of small real estate at lower power usage. And the team that led to the development of these chips left last year to found Nuvia in an effort to bring their expertise to semiconductors and data centers. And it's attracted $240 million in the Series B round, featured returning backer Dell Technologies Capital. Greenlight Financial, meanwhile, has accelerated with $215 million. The children's debit card provider Greenlight is valued at $1.2 billion. And corporates helped ship $200 million to Zingran. Zingran has picked up the Series C round, co-led by Taikang Insurance, Shanghai United Media Group, and Highlight Capital. And Goat sneaks into a $100 million Series E round. The Foot Locker-backed sneaker marketplace Goat Group has completed its round, including from DI Capital Partners again. And there was a $133 million Series C round for Beyond Limits, an AI technology developer based on research at Caltech's NASA Line Jet Propulsion Lab. It's notable not only because it repeatedly convinced BP Ventures to invest, and also because it actually managed to attract BP's ventures. Megan Sharp as COO, Chief Operating Officer, about a year ago. We'll be interested to see where she ends up next time. And another corporate, Group 42, joined BP for Beyond Limits Series C round. Accesso Digital has tapped into 107 million B round. SoftBank's Latin America Fund and General Latic have co-led the B round for the Brazil-based company. Playco has started funding again with $100 million. Its digital garret has helped launch the mobile gaming platform Playco with the A round. Recycling electronics, meanwhile, is big business. And this is where Wan Wu Xingcheng, uh, formerly known as Aihuashu, comes in and runs an online brick and mortar recycling service to sell the second hand devices and has raised $100 million in a Series E plus financing from JD.com. It's logistics unit and others. And another nine-figure sum was revealed by Newcalf, a China-based logistics fleet refueling management platform which raised money from Zaimeng C&D. Our new for Global University Venture, meanwhile, we've seen our insights swoop in to pick up $50 million from the University of Washington Mental Health spin-out OWL. 
over at the funds, we've seen Wix whip up a corporate venturing fund. Uh, fund to say size to invest in early stage startups. On the limited partner front, Curios Bio Ventures closed a $170 million fund for biotech. Panlin picked up $148 million from unnamed corporates. Kindred raised $104 million from a fund, which included legal and general among the limited partners. Alsa secured $59 million for its biotech venture fund, which Graham Martin, those who will know from Takeda's venture, corporate venturing unit, will know he's advising Alsa Ventures on its fund, which is looking to target biotech therapeutics from university-linked companies. On the people front, beyond the ones we've already mentioned, we've seen Tao Hebenstahl will stand down as president of UPMC Enterprises to be replaced by Gene Cunicelli, promoted from executive vice president. So congratulations to Tao and Gene over there. That's all the highlights for the past week. That's all for me. Catch you at the Digital Forum. Thanks. Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.